the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. Now this is more like it. Three in a row for the boys in blue as they remain tied with Toronto for home field throughout the AL playoffs at 93 and 67 as KC uses another great game from Chris Young and just enough hitting to get it done. Three to one. Also effectively, by the way, eliminating the Twins from any realistic wild card dreams as Houston, as I do this, is ahead 21 to two in the eighth inning. So Houston now pulls two games ahead with just two to go. And it's Davo. Glad you're along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. We're going to look at the final two games of the season, both for the Royals and for Toronto coming up here, including what I think the odds are of KC getting home field over Toronto. We'll discuss that here coming up in just a few minutes. But first, our player of the game is Chris Young. It has to be, doesn't it? Chris Young finishing strong. Fifth time this year he's been player of the game on Clubhouse Conversation. And he was the basically the sole reason that KC was able to overcome a miserable one for 14 with runners and scoring positions tonight for the Royals. One for 14 risp. Yikes. The Royals also left 10 on base. It didn't seem that bad, did it? If you were watching it, I mean, you knew they weren't you know, breaking the game open when they had a couple of chances. You knew they left the bases loaded. They left some guys out there. You knew they could have done more, but it didn't seem like one for 14 and 10 left on base as you watched live, at least not to me, but it was bad. But thankfully, Chris Young goes six and a third, allowing just one run on four hits, strikes out five, and walks two. And an ERA of 3.06. What a pickup Chris Young has been. And, man, and what character and uh, guts, uh, you know, he's shown courage, strength pitching this week after the tragic death of his father who passed away on Saturday night comes out Sunday and throws five hitless innings tonight like I said six and a third one run on four hits five K's missing some bats love it Chris Young gets all the way up to 100 pitches by the way after just 68 in his last start and this puts him in a great position it puts the Royals in a great position because this last turn through the rotation into tonight, you feel much better about the Royals' rotation, especially if you can get good starts out of Ventura and Cueto to end the regular season. You've got Chris Medlin looked really good, had some shoddy defense behind him that gave up probably an extra run that he shouldn't have last night. But after those first couple of innings and the balls being up, I mean, there was a couple starts before that where he got hammered pretty good. But coming off Tommy John, you expect that inconsistency. But I mean, between Chris Medlin and Chris Young both coming on strong, in Young's case, the last two, and in Medlin, his last start, you feel great about that as a piggyback option. you know, And or Young as a guy who could start a cold playoff game at Kauffman Stadium. All that acreage in the outfield and the wind blowing in seems like a, a good guy there. But either way, you know you've got a pretty good long guy between those two in the bullpen, plus a guy like Danny Duffy that can give you a couple of innings as well. I feel like the Royals' pitching is really starting to steady itself at a nice time. And speaking of the pitching, let's also not overlook Lewis Coleman who maybe got the biggest two outs of the game. He comes out of witness protection after the shoulder issues a couple of weeks ago. We thought he was pretty much done for the year. I hadn't heard much about him. Lewis Coleman, though, comes out. How about that? After Chris Young walks Aaron Hicks, that ends his night. Coleman comes in, one six threes. Kurt Suzuki to get out of that seventh inning. In the next inning, Ryan Matson did it again, using a double play to end a no-out threat as well. The Royals' bullpen combines do Coleman, Matson, and Davis. No runs, two hits, two Ks, no walks. 
Wade Davis' 16th save, now sitting at a 0.95 ERA. Most likely gets one more appearance here in the last two games. And Lewis Coleman, 0 ERA. Matson 2.13 with 20 holds. So you got to like that. And, I mean, the Royals, like I said, the, the pitching and, and some good defense, by the way. How about some scoops tonight by Eric Hosmer? Great play by Escobar over there in the hole at short. We saw Moose make a nice play. The defense looks better. They look crisp. They look confident. They, they look good right now. That's good to see. But like I said, the pitching and defense allows the Royals to get through a pretty rough night offensively. And it's a bad luck, in fairness to the Royals. Alex Gordon, a near home run, leading off the second. That ball's gone, you know, what, 28 out of 30 parks. And probably in Minnesota, if there's not a crosswind there, that's probably gone most nights as well. Misses being a home run by about a foot and a half, leading off the second. A couple of liners scorch right at people. So the Royals didn't have great luck tonight, but also had chances where they didn't, you know, didn't come through, like I mentioned earlier. And the Royals have... Two hits apiece from Ben Zobrist and Gerard Dyson on that nine hole. And nice, especially for Zobrist, isn't it? He drives in, scores a run as well, walks. Because he was 0 for 16 coming into a couple of nights ago. But now the bat's starting to come to life. And that's great to see. Same with Gordo. You put those guys back up at the, at the top of the lineup, I'm assuming. I mean, although it's hard to ignore the fact that right when Yost puts Escobar back in the leadoff spot, all of a sudden the Royals start winning again. <laughs> It's one of those things that makes absolutely no sense that Escobar's leading off, but it worked last year, and you put him right back there. And yes, it's an extremely small sample size, I'm aware, but you just wonder what Yost will do come the playoffs. Does he go with Escobar? Especially if the Royals go 2 0 the next couple with Escobar leading off, and with Gordo and, and Zobras coming to life with that combination, with Gordo being moved down coming to life, does he stick with that, or does he go back to what most likely gives the Royals the best chance to win, which is, of course, Gordo and Zobras, however you want to look at it in the one and two spots. We shall see. That remains to be seen. But like I said, nice night for Zobras and Dyson. A couple of walks and an RBI for Haas. A knock and a run for Eski. Nice win by the Royals tonight. And they've got to go 2-0 to get home field now, I believe. And I believe that the Royals, here's my prediction. If the Royals go 2-0, they will get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Thanks to Toronto. Thanks, first of all, to a rainout and Toronto clinching the ALEs after game one of a doubleheader. So, you know, get that second game off. John Gibbons gives it to them. The next day, they take the whole day off like the Royals did the Friday following the clinch. The, the the Blue Jays have moved David Price out of the rotation for his last start. He's going down to extended spring training, which is a bit perplexing to me, but whatever. I'm sure there's reasoning there. Maybe he's not as strong as he wants to be. I don't know. Seems odd why you wouldn't have him throw on the side or just come in and throw a few innings if you were looking to limit him. I mean, he's still got quite a few days off till he pitches again, so interesting. But uh, two left. Toronto, the matchups, if you're wondering. Chris Archer for the Rays. Good news. He throws tomorrow. And he got absolutely pounded in his last outing up in Toronto. So you would think Archer, last start of the year, 3-2-6 ERA. He's 12-13 and 13 against a guy that is pitching over his head, in my opinion. Marco Estrada throws for the Jays tomorrow, 13-8, and eight, a 3-1-5. You would think that Archer comes back and gets it done tomorrow, wouldn't you? Tomorrow's the best chance for the Blue Jays to lose, obviously. The Royals need Archer to come through for them tomorrow. Even if not, there's still a decent shot on Sunday since the famous TBD pitches for Toronto. To be determined against Matt Moore, which I'm sure means if the Blue Jays have home field clinch, they'll have a bullpen day. And if they don't, they'll figure out someone else to throw. Matt Moore, by the way, has been pretty good. The name is sexy from a couple of years ago, especially when you think back to the postseasons with the Rays. But Matt Moore, the stats aren't good this year. 2-4 and four with the 5-8-4, but the month of September has been good. One and one with a three, two, six for more. Thirty and a third innings, twenty-five Ks and six walks. He's been missing bats, been a lot better in the month of September since coming back up for the minor leagues. You gotta think the Blue Jays will split these next two, right? That's what I'm predicting. 
So it comes down to the Royals. If the Royals split the next two, they will not get home field. If the Royals go 2-0, I believe they will get home field throughout the AL playoffs, something that I thought was near impossible about five days ago. But thanks to Toronto resting their guys two games in a row, thanks to David Price being shipped out, and hopefully thanks to the, you know, the Rays playing spoiler, the Royals can still get this done. So I believe a split comes, and we need, we need to go 2-0. and So how, will we do that? I don't know. You're Donald Ventura, Tommy Malone. The Royals have the pitching edge in both of these two games. Ventura and Malone. Ventura 12-8, 4-2-0. Malone 9-5, 4-0-4. Ventura, like the Matt Moore we just talked about, finished up September very strongly. 3-1 with a 3-5-0. 36 innings, 38 Ks for Ventura in the month of September. Better than a K per inning and an ERA of 3.5. Last saw the Twins on 9-7, as did Malone the Royals, You know the, the rematch of that game for the 7th of September. Ventura went 5-3 and a third that day, allowed four runs on eight hits. Comes off seven shutout innings. We know about his last impressive start against the Cubbies with six Ks and a walk. you got to like the Royals with Ventura against Malone. Malone not finishing near as strong, a 4-7-4 and 3-1 and in the month of September. Last time Royals saw him, they got just two runs in seven innings. I like the Royals in this in this game tomorrow. So in a perfect world, Chris Archer wins, the Royals win, the Royals then are up one with one game to go. How exciting would that be? And you should see Salvador Perez, Lorenzo Cain, and Kendrys Morales back in the lineup tomorrow. I suspect the Royals will be at 100% the last two games, or at least tomorrow. As long as the Royals are tied or have the lead for home field, we should see the full lineup the next two days. So we'll see that tomorrow. If the Royals get it done tomorrow and Archer wins, wow, we could go into the last game of the year at 2 o'clock on Sunday with a chance to still get home field after all. And on Sunday, it's Johnny Cueto versus TBD. TBD's been very good, 0.00 ERA. It's yet to make an appearance this year. But Johnny Cueto, 3-7, against whoever the Twins choose to pitch. I suspect the Twins won't be in it at that point. Either the Royals win the most likely scenario tomorrow and or Houston wins. The Twins pretty much become whatever on Sunday. And the Royals hopefully will still have something to play for. Cueto will look to finish strong as he pads his stats for his contract and tries to build momentum going into the postseason. Three quality starts in a row for Cueto, who's at least now pitching like a number three starter for the Royals. Right? Number three starter versus a number seven starter, the way he was pitching. I mean, he was there for about five starts. He looked like a guy that should be in triple A. So, a number three starter, it's not the ace the Royals wanted. They've only gotten that Cueto twice, really, since they've gotten him. Maybe once, maybe twice, once or twice. But hopefully that's going to come out in the playoffs. So hopefully the Royals will get another big performance from him on Sunday. But like I said, at least he's pitching like a number three. And that's okay. If the Royals go into the playoffs with Ventura, who's been pitching like a two, and Volquez and Cueto, who've been pitching like threes, you feel pretty good with, with the fact that you've got Danny Duffy, Matson, Davis, and Herrera down there in that bullpen, don't you? And some of the guys starting to swing the bats a little bit better. You feel a little bit better going into the playoffs. Even if, even if those guys are just pitching like threes. It's not what you wanted, but you'll take it if it comes down to it based on what you had before. So, uh, like I said, Cueto, his last start of the year, I imagine 90 to 100 pitches is what we'll see, give or take, depending on Toronto. If there's not much to play for, the Royals probably cap him at 75 or 80. But he will be on his full normal day's rest because Ventura will pitch on Thursday, game one. Cueto goes game two. So you would suspect that he'll throw pretty much up to 100. I can't imagine the Royals will take him much past 100, but I'm sure the scenario in the game will dictate what happens. So that's it for the regular season for Clubhouse Conversation. I have a bachelor party I will be at all day tomorrow into the late hours of the night, Saturday into Sunday. So we'll talk to you. We'll do a little you know, preview before <clears throat> the first round ALDS games here at the K. 
We'll get back together and we'll be with you every game throughout the postseason. So we'll, we'll, we'll be back, but we'll, be, we'll talk to you again uh, coming up probably Tuesday or Wednesday with The Dish and look for an interview with former Royal Jeff Fulcino that should come up on Monday. So that's coming up Monday, Fulcino, Tuesday or Wednesday, our preview of the playoffs. Let's hope the Royals somehow are able to go 2-0, and get the split from Toronto, and get that home field. Either way, we'll talk to you again soon, and we'll look forward to Thursday at the K on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night and go Royals.